0: Morning. Are we okay? It's spring, nearly here. It's getting there, isn't it? It's warmer yesterday. Um, it's great to see you this morning. Um, thanks for coming to church. You didn't have to come. I say this every week, but you choose to come, which I think is fantastic. So thanks for being here this morning, taking the time out to to make the effort to come. Um, obviously, as Sarah said, we are starting a section on the the Lord's Prayer, and you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer, different versions of the Lord's Prayer. Um, throughout your life, or you may not have heard the Lord's Prayer. If not, then we will read it in a moment. Um, But this year, our focus has been Endeavor to Become a Greater Church, and that's individually and corporately. So you can see the letters on the stage, E-N-D-V-R, Endeavor. If you haven't worked it out, okay. But um, that's our focus this year. And part of that, what we felt to do, was to look at, you know, seeking God on a daily basis. So it's not just about turning up to church on a a Sunday weekly, but it's actually about what we hear and what we listen to and applying it on a daily basis. And part of that we believe key to a Christian is prayer. Now, when I say prayer, most of us find it difficult. Put your hands up if you find it difficult. Just me, okay? It It is a bit of a strange thing because basically prayer is talking to God but it's talking to someone who we can't see um, because God isn't here on earth with us. Although he has been on earth, um, we believe he came as Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. But now he's not here. So it's a bit of a strange one when we're talking to God because we can't see him. But basically, prayer is talking to God. And what I really felt this year is part of the daily commitment is to cultivate prayer. And Jesus taught his disciples when he left because they asked him, how do we pray? Now, you may be this morning, you think, I'm not even bothered about praying. So if you're not bothered about praying, this really isn't going to help you. But if you want to learn something else about prayer, I believe this can help you. Does that make sense? So disciples went to Jesus and said... Teach us how to pray. They wanted something more. They had a desire. They were looking at Jesus and seeing, wow, look at his life. He must have this connection with our Father in heaven. He must have a connection with God who sent him. So we want to, we're looking at you and we want what you have. Can you teach us to do what you do so that we can have a little bit of what you do? Does that make sense? So hopefully. I'm not Jesus, but we can look at what Jesus taught them and maybe we can learn something from Jesus who can help you to pray. I can kind of help you a little bit, but if you believe in God and in God's spirit that is with us today for those who believe, God's spirit can teach you to pray far better than I can teach you to pray. Making sense. But that's a faith thing. That's a decision for you to make a journey. Do you want to pray a little bit more? And hopefully by the end of this, I'll I'll inspire you a little bit to pray a little bit more on a daily basis. And I really believe if you do this, it will cause you to grow. It's your choice. You, You might not want to grow. Those disciples wanted something more. They'd seen something more, and they asked Jesus, and Jesus taught them to pray. So this is really about you growing in your faith on a daily basis. And I really, really believe if you do this, you will expand, you will grow in some way of your knowledge of God and what God wants you to do in this world. So I think before we pray or before we come to ask God, we first got to understand who we're coming to and actually who we are in this relationship. Because if that isn't right... It won't work, because we'll come with a wrong understanding of who he is. Am I making sense? So if my girls come to me, they know I'm dad, and they open their eyes, and they smile their face, like, smile smile their face, smile with their mouth, right, and open their eyes, they kind of look at me with that charm, they know when they ask, 99% of the time, they're going to get what they ask for, because they know who I am, and they know that I love them, and they know how to turn it on and off, yeah? Yeah? Because we understand the relationship. So we've got to understand our relationship. So we've got to understand if we are a believer, if we put our faith in God, the Bible says by putting our faith in what God did through sending Jesus, we we receive Jesus and we become what's called a son of God. Of God, we become a we become born of get, born again, or we become of the Father. Okay, so when we come to God, we're coming to God as our Father. Does that make sense? And we are a son or a daughter of God. Now, whether you believe that or not, we'll have a look at that in a second. But that is the relationship that God teaches us from the Bible. That's what the disciples were teaching. Uh, Jesus was teaching the disciples was about their relationship first and foremost. So let's read. Matthew 6, and we've got 9 to 13, but we'll read the first. Let's have a look. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I believe within that is everything you need for daily living. Everything you need not only for daily living, but for eternal living as well. This isn't just a a, a temporary living, but we are here. We are designed, I believe, as eternal beings, not just temporary beings. And how you choose each day is up to you, how you live your life. But there are eternal rewards, the Bible says, when we get to heaven. So we are, we are, I believe, sons or daughters of God. And again, it comes back down to what you believe about God or what you believe the Bible says. So first of all, I want to look at, from that, just our Father. And all week, for the last two weeks, I haven't been able to get any further than our Father. I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be doing our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And every time I'm looking at it, all I'm getting is our Father. And I can't get any more, so I do apologize if you don't get the full amount today. All you're getting is our Father. Is that okay? And I believe if you just grasp this this morning, that he's our Father, it'll help you in your relationship, and it'll help you to pray. It'll also help you to grow in the knowledge of God, but also increase you as a person as you begin to take responsibility for what Jesus wants you to do in this world. So I'm just going to look this morning at Father first of all. He is our Father. I don't know if you believe that or not, but the Bible says that God created all things. All things were made through God. Through the Word of God, God spoke it into existence through His Word. So God is the creator of all things. He made the heavens. He made the earth. He made man in His image. He put Him in a garden that we know as Eden. He put him within the garden, and he was able to live there and to to work that garden. God is the father of man. Do you believe that? So God is your father. From beginning, he created and made man in his image. So he's a creator. He's a father. But he made man, and he did more than just make him. It says that he breathed the breath within him our heavenly father is a giver of life. He has the breath that made man live. You are alive because you've been given a breath from God. Do you believe that? God is the giver of life. He's the source of life. He's the very essence of who you are in the middle. He is the giver of life. He's the breath of life. So your life comes from God. Does anybody want life? Because if you want life, it's going to come from your father in heaven. If you want to see something new in your life, it's going to come from your Father in heaven. If you want to create something new, it's going to come from your Father. Now, you can make things temporarily, but if you want to do something that has eternal rewards, your Father in heaven can breathe something new. Where's it going to come from? My Father in heaven. He'll give you vision. He'll give you new life. He will redeem you, restore you. It all comes from the creator, the breath of life, the one who is able to do all things in this world. He's my Father He's the creator, he's the source of life, he's the breath of life. He is the giver of life. He is the birth, I don't think this is correct grammar, he is the birther. Doesn't sound right, does it? Okay? He's the one who births life. He gives life into this world. Not only did he do it in the beginning, but he's continually doing it now. Now, obviously, he births natural life, but he also births spiritual life. He is the one who is not only a father, he came into the world as a son, born of God, he also is a spirit. And he promises his spirit for those who believe. So for me, when I became a believer, I believed in a God who loved me, although I didn't know anything. I made a decision at 27 years old. I accepted that God had sent, apparently, his son to forgive me. And I recognized I was a sinner and I'd made mistakes. And I could choose to make my peace with God through believing in Jesus. That was how it worked. It was as simple as that. I didn't go to church. I didn't understand church. I thought they were all odd and weird. And I made a decision at 27 to do that. As I kind of made steps... Over the few months, what happened is I got baptized in God's Spirit. So I put my faith in Jesus that God had sent him, and I believed I was born of God. So what happened in my life was this. My spirit became alive because God, the creator of all things, the giver of life, breathed something within my heart, and my heart began to change. Am I making sense to you? So I became born of God by putting my trust in the Father. I became born again because I didn't realize I was dead. But God needed to birth something new inside of me. Now I became born of God and it made sense. The Spirit of God did that within me. God's Holy Spirit. You're looking at me as I'm odd. Does anybody else this has happened to in here? You know, and I actually experienced it. I didn't when I made a choice to believe in God the Father, put my trust in Jesus. But I experienced it through his spirit and I came alive in my heart and he healed me. And things happened to me that had bound me before that no longer bound me. Because God set me free. Okay, I didn't do that on my own. All I did is put my faith in God the Father and he poured his spirit into me and he set me free. I became born of God. And my life changed. I'm sure there's many people in here that have that happened too. Why do I say that? Because he's the birther. He's the one who births new life. He's the one who gives eternal life. Not temporary life. Eternal life. Because God is an everlasting God. He doesn't run out like the electricity. Who remembers putting the thing? It's probably some of you still do, especially students. You put the thing in the meter, right? And you're running out, and then it's on low, and you're like,'ve got loads left. it's just on the, on the low bit, and it'll still go, and then you let it run out, and everyone's blacked out and it runs out, right? That energy source runs out. God's energy source doesn't run out. It's everlasting. His peace is everlasting. His grace that nobody deserves does not change. It's everlasting. That's the good news. So when I put my faith in God, I'm putting my faith in somebody who is good and is everlasting. It doesn't change. In other words, I'm going to say this. There's no shadows in God. There's only good in him and there's only light in him. There's no shadows, there's no, no, oh, I'm not sure about him. He's just pure and holy, the line I didn't get onto, right? He's just pure and holy, and he's good, and he just wants the best for you. But you know, he's the birther of life. You know, in the beginning, when God made the garden, wow, look at that light. Can we see over there? We tried to do it so you can all see. That's God's presence. Did you see? So in the beginning, God made the garden for man to live in. And he gave gave us parameters which, you know, to obey and to live in and to trust God's goodness. But man chose to disobey in the garden. He chose not to trust God's goodness. And he brought sin into the world. Sin entered and it, it, it corrupted man and man became broken. And because of that, God had to put him outside of the garden and he had to put him disconnected from him. He had spiritually disconnected with God. He became dead in his spirit because he rejected the giver of life, the birth of the one who transformed, the one who is the giver of life. Man rejected and became dead in spirit. Am I making sense? And, and, and he kind of put him in a, almost like a temporary, because this is what we chose. Hey, Valentine's Day this week. Some of you are like, oh, I haven't even got a Valentine. It's hard, I know it's hard. You know, and I, I, I've got a Valentine. I'm fortunate that I've got a Valentine and I brought her something this week. Are you impressed? I got her a card, and I wrote in it, and, and, the, and the girls inspected it after. They were like, what have you put that for, Daddy? I was a little bit embarrassed. I'm like, I don't need my card to your mum. That's my card. So I said, well, who are you writing a card? I'm not writing a card, Daddy. That was it. I thought, well, no, I'll make you quiet. But, you know, I said, you can make me one. And they did, actually. They made us Valentine's cards, didn't they? The girls made us one. Yeah. But I got her a Valentine's card, and I got her a rose single rose, I did it, cha-ching, you know, but you know, I got the rose, and the rose was in a, like a temporary um, plastic little tube, okay, you see that at the back, it was just put in this temporary little tube, and um, I got it home, and I kept it, you know, for 24 hours, and thinking, oh, it's got some water in it, okay, and then the next day, I get it out, and I pass it to Sarah, and it's all wilted, right? I'm like, "It's the thought that counts, babe. It's the thought that counts. And she said, "It's because it's got no water in the tube." I'm like, "How's that happened?" And I looked, and there's a crack in the bottom of the tube. But you know, it made me think about life and as being disconnected with God and being cut off. This rose was a beautiful rose. It was planted. It was growing. It was flourishing. Then one day, somebody came and chopped it and moved it and put it in a temporary little jar like that and it's then going to be given to someone and eventually it'll die. It won't last very long. It's only temporary for somebody to enjoy an experience. And that's like us in this world. God he gave us something that was eternal. His presence was with us. He was with us. He was for us. His goodness, he gave to us. And we chose to go, we don't want that. We want something else. We want to become like God. We were tricked into it. We were deceived into it to experience something that was temporary. But actually, it doesn't last. With God, doesn't last. With God, we die. And have no eternal future. But the giver of life promises something else. And this is where we are. we've been as human beings. We were cut off, and what we were put in wouldn't last forever. We would therefore experience death. Before that, death was not in this world. But now we face death, and we live a temporary life. But here's the good news. God has come to smash that jar, that temporary thing, and give us something eternal. In other words, he came to take back what was robbing us of life and give us life so that we could have eternal life. Am I making sense this morning? This is the good news. So the problem is, though, I find, we dip back into this, into the temporary things, because we think they're going to be giving us life. We think they're going to satisfy us, but we find out that they don't. So we find a relationship because we think the relationship will fulfill us. And it becomes more than God itself. It becomes somebody or something that we worship that doesn't satisfy us like God will satisfy us. Or we go for the job that we think is going to fulfill us and we realize it doesn't fulfill us because it never satisfies us. It's only temporary. Or we go for the jewelry or we go for whatever it is that's temporary. And the guys are going, see, you're not having a new bracelet. You know, you go for something temporary. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, we go for something that replaces God instead of putting God first. So what is the difference here between being with God and not being with God? It's simply this. Being with God means eternal life. It means peace. It means joy. It means heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It says, our father, where is he? in heaven. So what does heaven mean? It means to be with God. Our Father in heaven. But God made it possible that God wasn't just in heaven, but he came to earth. So that when we choose the Father, and we choose to believe in Jesus, who gives us access to the Father, who is in heaven, we are now no longer cut off, but we are transplanted back into the garden, or the promise, or the fulfillment of what God's got for us. In other words, we're now in heaven. You say, I'm not in heaven, or on earth. No, no, no. Heaven is with God. And God, when you put your trust in him, connects with you, and you are now in heaven. Am I making sense? Is this basic or is this okay this morning? This is where we are. We are now in heaven if you put your trust in God. Because God is in heaven and to be in heaven is to be with God. The opposite of that is not to be in heaven or not to be with God. That's the darkness. That's the sadness that's in this world. That someday somebody will pass away and not know God. And their consequences will be not with God. But for those who believe in God, they will have God, God's love and God's presence and God's peace, not only temporary but eternally. And I want to encourage you, as you pray this prayer, remember, you're not trying to get into heaven. You're already in heaven, and it's about heaven you're experiencing here on earth. I am in God. So that's the father, he's the birther. And I've written this phrase down. He is passionate about bringing freedom to the captives, and he goes out of his way to do it. He is passionate about bringing freedom to the captives. Who are the captives? The ones who are not in God, the ones who are experiencing death, the ones who experience sickness. These are the ones, okay, who are the captives. Or captive to sin, which enslaves you and causes in and not making your own decisions anymore because sin has entangled you. God's here to break that in your life and to set you free. He's passionate about setting the captives free and he goes out of his way to do it. So this is the Father. I've written down, He knows what's best for you, He doesn't change, there's no shadows in Him. He unconditionally loves you. If nothing else today, take this from here: He unconditionally loves you. I shared the other week about the prodigal son. The prodigal who went off—he had the inheritance of the father, he had the blessing of everything his father gave him. He went off and lived a temporary life, and he wasted it. And he realized that it didn't work, so he came back to the house of God, where his the father's presence was, because he knew he unconditionally loved him. So he came back, and he loved him, and gave him his best he unconditionally loved him and I've written a, 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 a quote down here to understand a little bit about what God's grace is and it says to live by grace means to acknowledge my whole life story we've all got a past we've all made mistakes I know I've got a past and I've made mistakes I did some things right in the past and I did some things wrong. But to live by grace means to acknowledge my whole life story. The light and the dark. In admitting my shadow, I will learn who I am and what God's grace means. There is no shadow in God, but we carry shadows. We carry things in our lives. The other son in the story, the prodigal's brother, he had shadows. He envied what his brother was getting. How many of us envy and miss out on what God wants us to do? Because we envy. Do I envy? I know I envy. I saw somebody in a, a big car and they got a big job. Someone I knew years ago, I saw him the other week. And I saw him and I thought, why has he got that and I haven't? And it made me feel sad and I thought, why am I missing out? Why have they got more than me and I'm doing this? And I thought, in a minute, am I ungrateful in my heart for what I've got? And it made me think, man, I've got shadows in my life that pop up and can rob me of being grateful and enjoying the blessing of what God's given me because I'm not thankful for what I do have. I'm always looking for something that I don't have and I'm not happy because I'm never satisfied. The brother envied what they had. And it creeps up in us. I'm just being honest. It does. It pops up in us and it's there. It's like when people say, you know, oh, I've had Valentine's Day. What pops up in you? Well, I haven't got a Valentine. See, it pops up in us. We want what somebody else has got. Or oh, that person's got married. Well, I've got, got married. Well, that's popping up in you. If you deal with that shadow and come to God as you are and be open as you are, you'll discover the grace of God. This is who I am. I have a wrong attitude. I have a bad attitude. That's, that's who we are. We have shadows. There's no shadows in God. We can come to the, the fullness of light, and he can, he can reveal our shadows. He does not judge us. He just unconditionally loves us with all that he has. How do we know that? He sent his son, Jesus, to pay for our shadows, to pay for our wrong. And to give us his fullness unconditionally. To live by God's grace means to acknowledge my whole life story. The prodigal acknowledged his story. I have sinned against you, Father, and I have sinned against heaven. And he came as he is. And his father unconditionally loved him. With all of his shadows and all of his past, he didn't judge him. When we can do that, we can stand in the freedom and the grace what God's given us. Am I making sense? If we try and pretend that we're a good person and we'll make our own way into heaven, we are kidding ourselves. The only way we get connected back into the presence of God and what God's got available for us is through believing in Jesus and what he did on the cross. There is no other way back into the promise. There is no other way to the Father. There's no other way to connect with heaven on earth. The only way is to the Father. Am I making sense? And, and we fall into the trap of trying to do it on our own. And God wants us to rely on him daily. Our father daily, we come to you. Show me your grace daily, Lord. Empower me daily. I come with my shadows. I come as I am. Change my heart. Change my attitude. Make me more like you on a daily basis. But come as you are and experience the fullness of God's grace. You know, grace isn't just forgiveness. Grace is about God's spirit available to us that empowers us on a daily basis. And it's acknowledging your weakness, and in your weakness, grace is poured out even more because you've acknowledged that you're weak and you need God in your weakness. Yes? Am I making sense? So I know I can't lead this church because there's areas of my life that I struggle with and I don't feel capable or I feel inadequate. So I go to God and I say, God, you know what I need. You know where I struggle. Can you help me? And what he does is he gives me a confidence, he's peace. Then he brings you other people to help you as well. Wow. Because I recognize that I am weak in areas of my life, I am strong in other areas, and we're developing, you know, certain gifts that you have, but there are areas of you your life that you have shadows, and you have things that are not too good, and if you want to change them, we need to move on to that, to the next section, so my father, or more importantly, our father, are you still with me, My heart is for this, that you connect with the father even more on a daily basis. Not just connect a pastor or or friend or make the pastor into somebody who he's not, yeah? But actually, you live here and connect yourself. You know, I I know what it's like to lose a father. I lost my father at 16 years old and I felt abandoned and I went on on a wild goose chase of trying to find things to satisfy myself. And it never worked. And it wasn't until I came back to my father that I discovered that there's resource in heaven to help me. And I was looking for it for years and years, looking for things to, to fulfill what was missing from my father. My father was great at some things. He could grow chrysanthemums like a master chrysanthemum grower. OK, he, he, he took them to competitions and he wanted to win every time. He cut them off. He, 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 he did amazing things. And I used to have to peel the petals back with a cotton bud and make sure there was no, um, what they called little earwigs. Thank you. Earwigs. Right. There was no earwigs. That was my job. He could grow them. Some things he couldn't do. He couldn't do DIY. I mean, he couldn't. And I remember when he died. Right. And a few months later, I tried to put a shelf on the wall. Nobody told me or showed me that you're supposed to put raw plugs in first. Not been taught. Because my father was not very good at that. But there's some things my father was good at. Why do I say that? Because therefore, on a daily basis, I know a father who knows all things. So instead of me moaning about my dad not being here now, I can go to my father in heaven who can give me wisdom or bring me people the things that I need in life. I have a father in heaven who's greater than actually my earthly father that was here. And I've discovered that as I've gone. I've become dependent on him and he's changed my heart and he's caused me to become a father and take responsibility in life. So here's the next thing. Father, the next thing is our. Our father. You know, Jesus does something, I think, which we can just read over and forget. Actually, what he's trying to teach them. He doesn't say, my father. It's not my God or I pray this. It's our father. Did you see the difference? In other words, he's trying to teach them as disciples not to just look after themselves. He's saying there's a bigger picture to this. He is our father. Can you imagine sitting with Jesus, the son of God, And after reflecting, after him dying on a cross and coming back to life and conquering death, that Jesus sat with us and called God our Father. He didn't say, my Father in heaven, pray to him. He puts him down on a level with the disciples as a brother to say he's our Father. Wow. Have you got that? So Jesus isn't saying, I'm above you. He says, I'm with you. I am for you. We are in this together. You are not alone anymore. I am for you, not against you. He is our Father. We're in it. Am I making sense? So we're not trying to get into Jesus' club. I'm not trying to please Jesus so that I am in the Christian club or I am in God's favor. I just believe in Jesus and he puts me in the favor. Can you see the difference? I'm not trying to become a better person so that God loves me more. No, 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 no. I am in with Jesus, and Jesus has paid for my acceptance. Jesus has paid for my love of the Father. Just by being with Jesus, accepting Jesus, I accept and receive the love of the Father. He is our Father. Can you imagine what that did to their brains? Don't just look after yourself, but consider James, John. I know he's awkward. I know, he's, I know I know. he flies off the handle. But you're here to love one another. You're here to stick through it. You're here to encourage one another. You're here to hold each other accountable as a group of people. Guys, stick with it. He's our Father. Am I making sense? He's ours. You know, when you come to church, here's a question. Is this your church? Or is he our church? Do we make it our church? Or do we just turn up to see if he satisfies my needs? See if the music satisfies what I want, my preferences. Or are we in it together? I know what I want. I want it to be my church. And Jesus is trying to teach them, guys, he's our father in heaven. Look out for one another. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I might temporarily, but there's something better that's coming. There's an eternity that's coming. When I give you my spirit and my spirit resides in you, and you acknowledge you have the deposit from heaven, that heaven is guaranteed, the Holy Spirit is the guarantor, the guarantee that you have heaven in your heart, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He becomes ours. I'm not trying to get into Jesus' world. Jesus has made it possible for me to get into the Father's world. So that when you pray on a daily basis, you're not trying to get to God. uh, Can I come to you? No, no, no. God's already come to you. So you can come to the Father confidently. Wow, I'm in. I've got my shadows. I've got my mess. I've got all my faults. And in my weakness, God, I need you. So God, empower me for today. He is our Father in heaven. So Father it's about coming ours He teaches them the bigger picture. He's trying to teach them to not to have a small mindset, but he's trying to expand their thinking beyond themselves. You know, this church is 200 people, but there's another few churches in the area of 200 people or more. There's another so many churches in Staffordshire. There's so many churches in the nation. There's so many churches in the world. There's so many billion people that believe in church in Jesus, and are growing the church in the world. It's a bigger mindset than just us here, me, I. We're part of something bigger than us, and we can help people wherever they're at, outside of these four, five funny-shaped walls, yeah? He's trying to teach them to have a bigger mindset. So I want to encourage you, when you pray this prayer, don't just pray about your needs. Pray for other people's needs. God, Our Father, I pray for the church today. I pray for the students. I pray for the kids. You're expanding who you are as a believer by connecting with God and seeing, vision, what he wants for the church. So when you begin to pray for the church and you begin to pray for the small groups and you begin to pray for your friend who's going through difficulty, you're expanding your vision for other people, your faith for other people to grow. If you're just praying for your needs, it's all about you and that's fine. God still loves you, but as a person who takes responsibility for what God wants to build, his kingdom coming is gonna take an hour, people. Sorry if you don't want to hear that, but it is. Jesus took responsibility. He didn't say, "Ah, oh, it's that lot down there. They keep messing up." He says, "No, they're mine. They're mine. I created them, and they may have been robbed, and they may have been chained, but they are ours. He said to the Son, He said to the Holy Spirit, "See them down there? They are ours. Watch what we do. I have a plan. And nobody saw it coming, and he came into this world. He took all of the shadows of the world on so that we could experience the light of God. He, he forgives you of all your past, and he said, Those are ours. Let's go after them. Who are yours? Who are yours? Are your neighbors ours? Are the people in chains ours? Or is it not our responsibility in this world? We just need to make sure we're safe and we're secure, and God looks after me and my, so that I get through the world and I, you know, I survive without dying and like, you know, and being sick. Is that your plan, or is there a bigger picture to this that Jesus wants to teach us? There's a mission that we're on with, and it's called His mission, and it becomes ours when we take responsibility for it. It's ours to take the light of the world. It's ours to take the gospel. We aren't the light. We're just the messengers of the light that we direct them to. But are we going to just, you know, as long as we're okay, or are we going to be expansive people that say, do you know what? Our Father in heaven. Can you see how it makes you pray difference? He's our Father in heaven. Man, look what the Father did. And I'm going to finish with this. And then we're going to have a response. I just really feel, you know, I've got a scripture, but I'm running out of time. And in this scripture, in Luke 11, it talks about knocking on a neighbor's door. Knocking on a neighbor's door. It talks about going knock on somebody's door and the person's uh, asleep at night and, and, and they're annoying them by asking for something. And because the person keeps knocking and persisting, they get fed up, it says in this illustration Jesus gives. It's straight after the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so he teaches on the Lord's Prayer, then he gives an illustration of someone knocking and asking and knocking and asking and knocking and asking. And what happens is they eventually, because of their persistence or their annoyingness, right, they get what they want. If a neighbor knocked on mine at you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, how many of us would be happy? We wouldn't, would we? And I think it's an illustration of inconvenience. That people cause an inconvenience in our world and we just keep ignoring it because it's inconvenience. It doesn't fit our world. But when people keep knocking and they're knocking and they're there, then we can respond to that inconvenience and actually be good like God is good. And it says after, you know, if you keep asking, you know, a good father would give good good gifts. He wouldn't give a snake if you asked for something that's good. God's not going to give you something that's bad. He wants to give you something good. And it says right at the end, Jesus says, how much more would your father in heaven who is good give you good gifts? And he said, he will give you what's the greatest gift that you can have. The greatest gift that you could have is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit to empower you on a daily basis. God promises good gifts. When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't really understand what I was doing, about a month later of following Jesus and obeying Jesus, the Spirit of God came into me and filled me and washed me. It was like every shadow in my heart disappeared inside and I became a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. And I began to sing. I began to rejoice. I actually spoke in an unknown language that came out of my voice, which... I didn't even know what was happening Kumbh, Shikaramama, a tongues that is promised in the New Testament, it happened in and through me, I was not in church I was just filled with the spirit of God and it empowered me to become who I was I began to shake off the chains and I felt that I was connected with God and I had peace with God, and I was right with God, even though what I'd done and hurt people, he became my God he became our God, then I began to change and realise I've got to love people now and forgive people, they're God's people they become our people and I'm a part of something bigger than myself now all I've done is live for myself before I was disconnected I hurt people I messed up I was looking for love it didn't work and I got connected with God And I was like wow he has filled me with something that I've never been filled with before and you say well I'm just eccentric well if I'm eccentric that's who I am be quiet and be filled but I'm me and what I discovered is I began to seek God and his word. His word began to wash me and cleanse me. And, and as I did it daily, it began to change me. As I began to what's called abide in God and staying in God and look at God for who I was. He began to change me and show me that I was living somewhere different now. He'd, he'd put me back into his garden. He'd given me blessings. He'd given me favor. He'd given me his presence. And he would walk with me and talk with me. He was in my heart. Heaven He came in here, he became our father in heaven, but now on earth. And that's what we're here to do. You know, why is that possible? Because Jesus, Jesus died for you and me. And if you doubt that anybody cares for you, I want to say to you this morning, God cares for you. God demonstrated his love for you through dying on a cross. He, he took beatings and whips. He took all of the punishment. It was a, a symbol of the punishment of the world. All the sin of the world, spiritually, he took on board. All of the shadows and the darkness that's gone on in society, everything that entered this world, God took it on that cross. Are you listening to me? I know there's people walking around, but listen, Right? He took it on that cross, and at the end, right at the end of the cross, right at the end of the cross, right at the, at the, before he gave up his spirit, it said that God, he said, God, he cried out, God, God, why have you forsaken me? Right at the end, the darkest shadow was put upon him. What's that darkest shadow? To not see God. To be without God is our darkest shadow. And we may go through things in life we may experience different circumstances but the greatest shadow the greatest darkness was death itself Jesus Christ took on that death right at the end when the father was separated from him he experienced to be without God and it was the most traumatic thing of his, his life right at the end and he took it for you he was disconnected from the father so that you could be reconnected to get again he took on the greatest shadow so that you could could experience the light he took on death so that you could live in light again that's why he did it and for many of us we go through life living this temporary fix and it's robbing your church it's robbing you and God's saying come to me as you are come to me with your shadows and let me break into your life. Let me empower you. See my power that is in work in your weakness. And I'll guarantee if you do it, he'll not only give you light and eternal life, which breaks death over your life. He'll begin to break the chains that are robbing you of life in this world. Why? Because Jesus did it. Jesus took on the greatest darkness and shadow. And when he... It just broke my heart this week. Oh, it broke his heart to be disconnected from the Father and he took on that for you. He took on that death and that shadow and that pain and that suffering for you. And if you doubt that anybody cares, God cares. And he did it by demonstrating his love. He, he didn't have to. He didn't have to give up, come down from heaven to earth to bring heaven to earth. He didn't have to. But he said, they're mine. They're ours. And I'm going to take this on. And I want to encourage you as you pray this prayer, he's yours. He's like a brother. He's a father and he's yours and he cares. Experience his love as you pray. But also as people, let's begin to expand and look out for others. Just like God looked out for us. And we become like that on a daily basis. And you know what it'll do? It'll stop you worrying about the things you're worrying about. When you expand yourself and see how much suffering is in this world, what people are going through, what darkness people are going through, and my little things that I'm worrying about, they're nothing. Well, because I'm focused on me and my emotional experience and what I think God's like through my lens, it's not that bad. It's just temporary. There's a bigger picture. It's called the eternal. And God's made you safe in Him. So don't worry about your relationship with Him. Come as you are. Don't let the shadows tell you anything else. You can't, you shouldn't, you're not good enough. There's your shadows. Just ignore them. Come as you are and experience His grace. And just know that He cares for you. And if you're struggling with that, come and talk to someone. Confess your sins to one another, as it says in the Bible. We all need encouragement and we all need accountability. We won't do it individually, we have to do it because it's ours. So don't journey alone. Let's journey together. Come on, let's pray. You know, I feel to pray for people today. I'm going to hang around after the service, and, you know, if you want to talk to me, I'm believing people are going to get filled with the Spirit of God. You know, you don't have to if you've got a hunger for it and you want it. You know, you might not experience anything now. I didn't. I, I asked for it in church, and two months down the line, I got filled with the Spirit. So, you know, it's not about that. It's about you coming and asking, Okay. And I just believe today, some people, God wants to fill you with his spirit and it's up to you if you want to come and ask, but I'm going to stay around after, and I'll spe- spend hours, two hours, whatever you want, praying for people. Okay. We're not, we're not on this alone. We're in it together, aren't we? Okay. I'm not a special man of God. Don't put me up there. I'm just a minister and God just uses me. It's about Jesus. Okay. If Jesus wants to work through us individually as a body, he will do that. But it's up to you if you want something more this morning. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. and just pray for people in here that maybe felt disconnected. Maybe they've not put their faith in you. And um, God, I just pray this morning, as they put their trust in you, their faith in you, God, I just pray that as they do that, they recognize their past. God, I pray this morning, your presence would come to them. As they ask for forgiveness, they ask for healing, your presence would come to them. And that, God, heaven would come to earth. And, God, if there's people here that don't know you, I'm just going to ask them to. And they want to acknowledge you and receive your love and your forgiveness. Just hold up their hand. It's between you and God to respond this morning. If you want to respond to God this morning, just lift up your hand to receive God's love and forgiveness in your heart. Is there anyone? Amen. Okay. Okay. If you're not sure about that and you've got some more questions, come and speak to us. Also, if you feel, you know, want to get filled by the Spirit of God today, I want to pray for you after and I'll hang around and, um, you know, let's believe. If you ask, your good Father in heaven will give you. Amen? So this week as you pray, pray that prayer. He's our Father in heaven. It's bigger than just me. God wants to expand us as a people to see beyond ourselves. It's a bigger world. There's people out there that need us.